1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 34 of the Travelling Image Makers podcast. I'm your host, Hugo Che. It is always a great pleasure for me to converse with Karen Hutton. There is never a dull moment during the conversation and she has so many stories to tell. For this episode of the podcast I asked her to collect her best memories from a recent trip across Europe and from her artist's retreat in Provence. It's hard to pinpoint the exact topic of our conversation, because we talked about so many things, but I think the central theme of it was the many ways of finding one's voice through art and of discovering one true self by travelling. Somehow we also found the time to explore more geeky topics like photo equipment, software, the internet and social media. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone in this interview. I hope you will enjoy it. And remember, you can find all the links and show notes for this episode at ttimphoto forward slash 34. And now let's discover how you can find your artist's voice through photography and travel. And if you like this episode and all the others, I would really appreciate if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you very much. Hello, Karen. How are you? I'm good, Ugo. How are you? I'm great. It's a great pleasure to to talk to you again.
0: I'm so happy to be back yeah. and, uh, and yet I'm not back because I'm not in Italy. I'm at home, which is making me sad.
1: Yeah, I know and it's uh, for for those who are uh, listening to this we we finally managed to to meet uh, in person in Italy. When was that in in April in Rome? Yes, uh, to, together with our uh, common good friend Valerie Jardin.
0: Oh, that was so wonderful.
1: Uh, it was a... Uh uh, great experience to to meet you. So, thanks for being uh, with us today and uh, for accepting to to talk a bit about your your travels and uh, hopefully about your uh, outlook on travel, art, life, love, whatever.
0: <laughs> yep, whatever. I have a feeling we'll we'll find a way to talk about everything. <laughs> so
1: uh, you're pretty well known on social media and so on. So I will I will not ask you to to introduce yourself, but. Uh, So Karen Hutton, you're just right now in California, are you home?
0: I am, I am home, I'm in California. Um, I will be not too far from here for the most part um, um, all summer, with a few exceptions, until I go back to France in October for another retreat that I'm giving over there.
1: Yeah, and you've been into photography for, uh, for quite a few years, even though you started with a different career path. And now you're all over the place, and uh, visiting places, teaching uh, workshops, doing retreats, and all that stuff which we will uh, shortly talk about and uh, so what what are your your plans next are you have you have got any trips planned
0: I have um well like I said, I have a trip in the fall I have a few work um, work trips where I am teaching and speaking and, um, you know, things like that, short trips through the summer. And then I have a bigger trip in the fall, a couple of them. One of them I can't talk about yet because it isn't settled yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of them is for um, the retreat, a retreat photography retreat called uh, Finding Your Artistic Voice that I'm giving in France at Julia Child's former summer home, La Pichune which I did this past May, and I'm doing again in October, which I'm really excited
1: about. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about that retreat? What's, uh, how does it work? What can people expect when they get there?
0: Yes, it's, um, it's five days, five days, five nights. And um, essentially, what, what it is, I mean, the first question people always ask is, well, what is a retreat? Why, how is it different from a workshop? And this is how I define it. A workshop, photography workshop, you are, for one thing, the pace is faster. You're running at a certain pace. You're being taken, you know, different places. And you're photographing a lot. And you're getting all your photos critiqued. And um, it's usually, you know, usually you're pretty tired by the end. (laughs) Because you're staying up late, getting up early and go, go, go. Um, Retreats, a full-on retreat, forget about photography for a minute, a retreat is actually a time that you go, usually you go because you're you know the the topic or the teacher or the leader is uh, something or someone that you want to learn from. and it moves at a much slower pace. And you usually have you know inner exercises that you do, um, whatever they are, very often spiritual retreats, you know, or you have the word retreat attached to them, business retreats sometimes. and you, Um, you do different things than your main discipline. So you might do some inner work or you might do some breathing or you might do some awareness exercises or things like this and, and have time to yourself and do some writing and do some other kinds of things. So my retreat is a blend of those two things. So what people can expect is that the whole thing is geared toward finding your artistic voice, not my idea of your voice, but your voice through through uh, activities and exercises, some of which are writing, some of which are awareness and sort of inner journey work. Um, I don't want to say journey, but there's some very specific kinds of exercises that I always take people through to kind of get you into the right zone and looking at the right things within you, stop the mind chatter, find where you really feel like, aha, that's that's the feeling that I'm after. That's what I want to say. That's where um, that's where I know that whatever I do from this point of view is always um, congruent with who I am and what I want to say. So we find that place, and then we take that out into the world in ever increasingly complex situations. So it starts off pretty simple photographically, um, so that so that you can really pay attention to what the inner stuff is. And then we go to a little bit, you know, where there's a little bit more going on, a little bit more going on. And we visit medieval towns. We visit, um, you know, older cities. We visit perfume factories. We go to, you know, Grasse, where they is the ca- perfume capital of the world. We do a little shopping. We do some eating. You get most of your meals, not all, most of the meals cooked in Julia Child's kitchen at this particular retreat um, and prepared for you. So delicious food, wine. Some shopping, a lot of photography, time to yourself, time to breathe, time to write, we have you know uh, exploration writing exercises, and things like that. so by the end, you have a very different perspective of what you want to have happen when you pick your camera up in any environment
1: and it looks like a very different and refreshing perspective from yeah the typical workshop where People can expect to go and uh, learn to shoot like their instructor. In your exactly. case, it's, it's more about finding your your artist's voice, as the the tagline says. It's uh, it's, exactly. it's different, and I like it. I like it a lot. I like the yeah. idea a lot of yeah. putting the accent on uh, the growth of the yes. attendees. It's not all about the best technique or getting the to the best places. Even though I'm sure it's. Uh, it's part of the deal, but it's very much about uh, the self-growth. Very, very yes, interesting. Yes, yeah.
0: it is. It totally is. And that's the uh, that's the thing about finding your voice. It's it's not about what I think about your voice. And that's the thing is I have years and years and years of, of training and coaching and teaching that was voice, literal speaking voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's not about having my sound. It's about releasing their sound or their voice and and so these these tools and techniques are about, you know, they apply no matter what you do. That's the other beautiful thing. We're using photography as the focus, but these uh, this way of viewing life, this way of approaching anything can apply to all of your life. So in that sense, it becomes, you know, your life as art, your vo- the voice of your life, the, you know, the art within your voice, within your life. It all just, you know, it all plugs into everything else. And I like... Um, those are turn out to be basic truths. When something works that way, you know you found something, you know that's a, that's a really a basic truth for you, yeah. and uh, that's what this is built around.
1: And it's uh, set in a beautiful country house in the middle of one of the most beautiful regions in the world. So, what's not yeah. To like,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't kind of can't go wrong,
1: and <laughs> that's it. So, yeah,
0: you can yeah, also exactly. expect
1: great food, great wine.
0: I know it's like, shall we go to the Mediterranean today? Shall we go to Valbon medieval village today? Shall we? Mm. So yeah, it's pretty so awesome. So w- when
1: is the next uh, retreat going to happen?
0: It is happening from October second to the seventh.
1: And I guess people can find all about it on your on your website.
0: Yes, they can. They can. Uh, they can go to my website to my blog. There is a badge on right there on the on the blog yeah. page. Um, but the link is karenhutton.com dot slash artists retreat.
1: Great, we will put a link in the in the show notes. Terrific. Um, but speaking of travel, well, this is a travel photography podcast, so we want to talk about places and about not not just about places, but about what it means to to travel. And. Then, ah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to quote from your from one of your blog posts that I was reading the other day. Mm-hmm. So I would like then to for you to to expand a bit on on the meaning of that sentence, if you like. Okay. And you write traveling as a way of working its magic on you. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes awe-inspiring. It changes you, haunts you, opens your eyes and mind and heart in ways you never dreamed of. Sometimes it brings you together with what seem like long-lost members of your family that you just can't believe you get to meet up with again. Beautiful sentence. Maybe you can give us some examples of uh, of what you mean by this.
0: Yeah, it, that one is is laden. There's a lot to that one. So if I forget some... I don't have it right in front of me right now, but um, you can prompt me if I leave something yep. out. But... um travel is exciting. I mean, everybody wants to travel. And I, I had two months, this was a two month trip that I made this last one. And it had various purposes to it, you know, the overriding purpose, I was calling it postcards from an artist. um, Because it, anyway, we can talk about that in a minute. But Mm -hmm. essentially, what I did was, I did it in a mindful manner. So I wanted to bring people along. So I did I did videos every day. I wrote about everything. I did my best and you know, took tons and tons of photos and shared them and did my best to try to make it feel like everybody was coming along for the experience for better or for worse. So you take off on a on a travel like that and, you know, oh, my God, I'm traveling. I can't believe I'm living the dream. It's been my dream all my life. Yay. And it is yay. And then it turns out to be um, challenging, too, because it's, you know, Aside from the organization and getting here and getting there and different food, which some people like, my, my digestion is a little delicate. So I have to really be cognizant about, you know, what I'm eating and, and, and all this kind of thing. So there's that. Then, in my case, here's the example of how it can be tough. You have all these expectations or all these thoughts about, oh, it's so wonderful. And I'm going to see all these people and eat all this food and, and see all these places. And all of that happens. And then your back goes out. And in my case, I used to have a really bad back many, many years ago, um, but I haven't had back troubles for 20 years. And then this thing happened and I was like almost incapacitated for three weeks, but still had to move around, still had to lug my luggage, still had to function. And it was really, really difficult because I didn't necessarily speak the language where i was and um you know i'd move in certain ways and wrench myself and i couldn't take the time to go and you know find an osteo i did eventually find an osteopath but i was in a portion of my trip where it was one night in in different cities for a week so Hmm. one night pack up go one night pack up go which is not really something i care to repeat i don't really i've discovered (laughs) another discovery i don't love travel like that i thought i would like that i thought that would be fun and exciting
1: slower pace, maybe.
0: Yeah. So this is another way where it becomes self-discovery is, you know, you don't really know how you're going to want to flow and interact with your travel until you engage and you'll find out. So in my case, it was tough because my back was killing me and and I didn't, I was like, how do I do this again? How do I take care of my back? Because I really haven't had this problem for years. And, um, you know, you're really pushed to figure out, you know, how to to make it all work and how to get around and so on and so forth and and find solutions in a country that you're not familiar with. So that mm-hmm. it, it hones you in that way too. Go ahead, sorry.
1: Yeah, I was uh, remembering uh, your blog post when you described how you were traveling via trains in France and you managed to, to miss one stop. Oh, was
0: that? <laughs> that was awful. I mean, that was the, you know... That was a day when I was in a lot of pain, and I thought, okay, this this travel day won't be too bad because it's one of the main high-speed trains from Munich to Strasbourg. But I, I had to make a, a connection, and I didn't move fast enough. Um, I thought I had more time before I had to move, and I sort of spread out and had my ice and all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, I realized we were at our station, and I was throwing everything in the suitcase and moving way too fast, you know, faster than I really could. And got my stuff to the door. They would closed the door and pounding on the door. They wouldn't open the door. It was just awful. And so I had to travel another half an hour and then take a regional train back. And my bag was heavy and there's steps and I had to sort of heave ho my bag and it wrenched my back. And I mean, it was just like
1: it was a day. Was you? Where did you ever think of giving up at that point?
0: Yes. <laughs> <coughs> at that point. Particularly because my husband had just come over for a week, we traveled through Germany and did what I called the castle tour and it was wonderful and he was there and he helped me and you know it was, and it was just so great to have him there um, because I had been pretty homesick at the beginning of this trip I, I got there and had two months ahead of me and I went, what did I do? Mm-hmm. What was I thinking? <laughs> this is not fun. So my husband had gone home and I missed the train and I was in pain I didn't didn't know how to get back and I just wanted to go home. I was like, where's the plane? Cause I'd get on it right now and go home. And I, that was, and then of course I couldn't. So then I was panicking because I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> I don't even, you know, there's just nothing in my experience that told me what to do next. And this wonderful woman. And so I was in Germany at this point. So this wonderful woman who spoke German and was headed home, just took the time to help me figure it out and pulled out her train table and told me about the regional train and it would take a little longer, but you know, anyway, and she helped yeah. me get my bag off the train and the whole nine yards. And, you know, so she basically saved my life. So you meet people along the way who take pity on your, <laughs> <laughs> on your mess, on the mess that you are in that moment. And then I have to admit, I sat in that train station, you know, I had, to, had an hour to wait for the next train after I got back to where I was supposed to be in the first place. and I just sat there and bawled. I just sat there and cried for half an hour. And then it was like, okay, well, now you're done with that. You still have to get to the next city. So, suck it up, sister. We're, d- we're doing this, yeah. and it all, you know, don't... it all works out at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, great story. Um, um, so, you, you mentioned your postcards from an artist project. Um, you want to tell us uh, more about it, and uh, yeah, where, where did it bring you? You mentioned Germany, but. Also, Italy, so, you said at the beginning, so what was your trip like?
0: Right. So where it all started was Rome, and that was where you and I met in person. We knew mm-hmm. each other a little bit, you know, from online, but that's where we met in person. And it was that was a project uh, with Valerie Jardin that we did um, with in conjunction with Fujifilm, and we called it Postcards from Rome. And the idea was... Um, The idea is that it's, you know, two women photographers coming together. She's a street photographer. I do landscape and travel. Um, Our styles are different. Everything's different. And yet we're best friends. And when it comes to photography and telling stories and inspiring people and finding your voice, our messages are so aligned that it just seemed like a really interesting project. And Fujifilm agreed. So we worked together on this and created um, content and writing and just... Talked about everything that happened every day, and and the inspiration of trying something new, of finding your voice, of you know letting yourself dream, and then allowing that to to change how you see your world, so that those dreams can actually happen. And that was how it started. So then I thought, well, I had this retreat coming up in uh, in France at Julia Child's house, so I decided to stay. You know, the events were pretty close together. And I decided to stay, and I thought, well, if I'm going to do two months in Europe, I want to know what that's like for me. I've never done anything like that. So let's bring people along, call it postcards from an artist, because life is an art. I'm an artist in photography, but life is an art for all of us when you live it in a really present, focused, from the inside out kind of way. So I decided that it would be the postcard project would expand beyond Rome to include the whole thing. So I decided I would do daily vlogs. You know, with my just used my iPhone. My rule of thumb was this is going to be complicated enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't need another camera, and that I have to download and you know deal with my computer. So I made this little rule for myself that I would shoot video on the iPhone, that I would edit it in iMovie on the phone. And that I would upload directly to YouTube from there, and it would never leave my phone. Otherwise, I knew it would just never happen. And so that, that was part of the postcards. The photographs were too, and the blog posts, which I made regularly, and uh, social posts. Um, so that perhaps each one of these postcards, each one of these snapshots from the trenches, so to speak, could inform, could inspire, could give voice to dreams that people may have that might not have considered trying something it doesn't maybe it's travel but maybe somebody has some other dream that they've said oh maybe another day you know maybe I can't do that that maybe they would you know pull back on the table and go you know what I think I'm going to allow myself to think I could do this and what would that be like and and so that was sort of what it was all about and hopefully (laughs) hopefully I accomplished even half of what I just said
1: Will those postcards ever make it into uh, an album or some finished product? Well
0: since I had never done it before I wasn't really sure how it would turn out so I didn't start off with that in mind but now that I'm looking at it, now that I'm home and uh, have had some time to kind of look back, I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about um because finding your voice is such a big part of my, you know, big picture and over writing you know, purpose in, in all of this. It could be an ebook. It could be a book. It could be uh, I don't know. it Could be a video series. It could be a number of things. Yeah, I haven't decided. I think
1: it could be a, an interesting multimedia project because it ties right. together writing and photography and video. It, it all works together. So exactly finding some uh, some medium where it's. Uh, best to share those kind of things i think it would make for a for a great thing for for somebody to, to download or to have access to and uh, and be able to to follow you through all of those uh those adventures those places
0: right i mean as it is now all the videos i think i think there's a few that i haven't made public yet but mo- mm-hmm. um, almost all the videos are on my youtube channel so you know we can put the links in the show notes if they wanted to see the videos. But as far as putting them all together, I think you're right. I think it it should be. I need to, you know, digest what it all meant, and yeah. but to synthesize it and put it all in one place would be a really wonderful thing. So yeah, I
1: think it would be wonderful.
0: Yeah, so it's on my it's on my blackboard, my whiteboard, my my board <laughs> of things to yeah. consider doing. Yes, the ever
1: growing list of things to do.
0: I know, but <laughs> the the good list, the, the list of things that are actually exciting and worthwhile and, and of service enough to to figure out the best way to do. And I think it's I think it's pretty much up there.
1: And you've been to during that trip you've been to Italy, Germany and France. Yes. Uh, any place that really stood out from the rest, any specific city or oh. location?
0: Wow. Good question. You know, every place I went had its own thing. So I have a really hard time with either or, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, this over that. So each, because, you know, with limited time, you make certain choices. Like I want to, we really want to, my husband is half German and he'd never been to Germany. So he planned the German leg the week. And I always wanted to see um, Neuschwanstein Castle. And so we started there. And so we met, so it was really fun. We I flew from Rome to Munich. He came to Munich. Okay, so we went, we went there and spent a couple of days because we wanted to see Munich. Well, Munich blew me away because I'd never been. And what an incredible city it is. And people who know Munich know this, but I'd never been. So when you say, does something stand out? The discoveries, discovering Munich, you know, discovering, there were little, um the bed and breakfasts or small hotels in little neighborhoods that we don't have here in the in, in the United mm-hmm. States, you know, but they'll have these wonderful, I don't know, I guess they're like bed and breakfast, but they're like a hotel that serves a full breakfast. They're incredible. They're wonderful. And they'll be in this little tiny neighborhood. I didn't even know those existed. And we loved those. And we met people that, you know, and we had these amazing conversations with people and incredible meals. And, you know, so it, it's like, each of these countries and each of the stops had meaning and added a textured layer, if you will, to the whole experience that in each instance, no other place would have done quite the same thing. So I don't know how to say one over the other, but it was like chapters and each chapter made for this amazing
1: book. Mm -hmm. Good. Uh, Now, I I would like to turn to more of a geeky segment. And ask you a bit about equipment. You mentioned that your uh, project was uh, supported by Fujifilm.
0: The Rome portion was, oh, yeah, Rome yeah, it sure was. was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. what,
1: what is in your bag nowadays?
0: Um, oh my God, it just depends. Okay, so f- if, since we've been talking about this project, I took my Fujifilm. Uh, what did I bring? I brought my X-Pro X-T1. Two, huh? yeah. yeah, I brought my X-Pro 2 and the X-T1. And I brought my trusty 16 to 55, which is a 2.8. And I brought my, oh, that's right, my new 50, 50 to 140 with a 1.4x uh, teleconverter, um, which is a little heavy for travel, but the photographs are so amazing <laughs> on that lens. Oh my goodness. And I've never used a teleconverter that didn't soften uh, the image before. So this combination is like, Crystal clear and tack sharp and absolutely gorgeous. It's incredible. Um, <clears throat> what else did I bring? I think I just brought.
1: Yeah, and a good yeah. tripod, I think.
0: Yeah, well, I I mm. live and breathe really right stuff, and that goes with me everywhere. For me, that's the only tripod and ball head to have.
1: <laughs> so that that's a good uh, combination of equipment. That uh, even uh, for uh, for a woman with back problems is not too heavy to right to carry around. No,
0: it's really not. And that was, you know, one of the reasons I switched from DSLR to mirrorless over a year, well, about a year ago. And, you know, tried everything, went through a very systematic process of trying everything that fit within the parameters of my requirements. So, you know, those are very specific to my needs. So it wasn't like I tried every piece of equipment out there because every piece of equipment doesn't do the job I need it to. Mm -hmm but of the equipment that did I tried them all and um, Fujifilm interestingly was the last and that was when I knew I was home <laughs> when I started working with that gear I was like oh my god I couldn't have designed a better a better match for what I wanted
1: and uh, to use a euphemism you are pretty good at post-processing too I think you have a mm-hmm. distinct signature in your, in your style of post-processing and so on I would like to ask how much of it do you do it on the road and how much do you defer to when you're home?
0: That's a good question because, and this two month travel in Europe really pushed me on that. Um, So I used to do a little bit, not very much. Um, When I shot DSLR, uh, I also was not as active on social my last big DSLR trip anywhere. So I would pretty much do all the, almost all the post-processing when I got home because I had a lot of post-processing to do on those images. Now that has changed since working with this camera because I, you know, I had to, part of it was self-imposed, had to. Part of it was you know our Rome project we had to post um, every day. So I was like, oh boy, I don't know how much time I'm going to have to process. Well, as it turns out, thank goodness, Fujifilm JPEGs are incredible They're gorgeous. I use film simulations and um, and also some of the advanced filters for different in different situations for special effect. So I had a wonderful um, variety that I really didn't have to do hardly anything to if I didn't need to that I would post along the way. And then I have to do so much less to begin with to the raws that I actually did. I actually produced a fair amount of finished photos from Raw because I just don't have to do as much even to accomplish, you know, my signature look. Um so I did a fair amount but it was but it was
1: fast. Good. And do you do a lot of Instagram? Do you post a lot there when you're doing do. yeah?
0: Yep, I yep. And I use apps to help with that because, you know, the time and all this kind of thing involved is
1: daunting. It's uh, do, you, do you transfer directly from the camera to the phone via Wi-Fi or do you typically go through uh, some processing step, some workflow on a laptop?
0: Are you talking about to post on Instagram? Yeah,
1: on Instagram. So
0: what I do, what I personally do with Instagram is I actually pay for a service. It's called, but uh, there's a free version of it. Um, But there's a Latergram, which I think is now later.com. I think they've gone through a whole – have you heard of Latergram? Yep. I haven't
1: used it personally, but I heard about it.
0: Yeah, so I use that because, you know, everybody's different. So I'm not saying this is right for you. But for me, if I have to stop in my day – well, I like to post on Instagram twice a day. If I have to stop – first of all, if I have to remember, that's a problem right there. (laughs) (laughs) And then second is stopping, okay, what am I going to say? And I hate typing on the phone. I just really don't like typing on the phone. Um, so then there's, okay, now i got to type something and I hate t- and then I make mistakes and it takes too long. What am I going to, it's just the time, right? And then you got to tag and i are like, oh my God, I would spend, you know, way too long doing that. I'm just not fast at it if I have to do it that way. Well, Latergram, I still say Latergram, even though I think it's later.com. We'll put, again, put the link in the show notes. But what it has enabled me to do, it's changed my life because I can schedule these posts out ahead of time. And they when they're ready to post, I get a notification. And so I get to write everything on the computer I get to, um, you know, choose the photo, what I want to say, mm-hmm. get it all. Cause I like, I kind of have an, you know, an overriding theme throughout all my photos that I liked a thread, you know, that I like to maintain, do that. Okay. Now it's scheduled for the time. Now I get a notification and I have another app called tags for likes. So it's uh TFL, TFL, and I do the pro version so I can make my a whole bunch of my own custom tags that I've researched and, you know, decided these are the best tags for these different categories. So I go boom. Later, Graham says you got a post ready to go. And You go okay, boom. So it pulls it into Instagram. You can choose the framing whether you want it square cropped or you know native size, whatever your whatever your crop is. Um, you can choose that. Then it's your comment has already been pasted on the clipboard. Boom, you paste it into the comment or into the caption, and boom, there you go. Now your post is done. I open up tags for likes, I hit, you know, copy, and it copies all of my tags. I go to the comments, I paste it in, I'm done.
1: So, 30 we now, seconds. Yeah, we now discover you're not just very good at photography and post-processing, but also at social media. <laughs> well, well we, actu- ch- we actually already knew. But
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's hard. It's really challenging to keep up, and sometimes I just freeze up and go, oh, what am I going to say? I mean, because I don't really like, I could generate, I could post once in Instagram this way and have it generate using if this, then that. I do, you know, push those out to other social medias, but then I like to write my own in Facebook and Google Plus and so on and so forth, and uh,
1: so yeah, try... And every it's a, every channel, every social media network, uh, I mean, has its own style yeah. and, and you, you have... To to find that, not to craft posts that are written specifically for that kind of social network. Exactly. And
0: now Facebook is, yeah, and Facebook is changing. So I'm like, what does that mean to me? What am I going to do? Like, I like having a system in place. And that system works. And I don't have to think about it, because I hate thinking about how I'm going to do something.
1: And it's, uh, it's horrible when you see somebody post to Instagram and shares a tweet, and it gets truncated to 140 characters. Or even worse, the kind that kind of short form goes onto Facebook. It, it really looks like it was automated, and it looks
0: yeah. Well, and the other well, the other thing about Latergram I was going to say is that when you post when you use that app to, to create your posts, when it pulls it into Instagram, it becomes your post. So it posts does not say Hootsuite or any of the other mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It so it's you. It's from you not from later So that was another reason is they don't, they don't enforce their own branding on your posts. And that was hugely important to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't, it's hard. So like, you know, on in Instagram, I do use if this, then that to push it to Twitter. So I just make sure that I write the first part so that when it's cut off, that thought is complete, which is awkward, but I do it. And then if I want to write more, then I'd go ahead and I write the rest.
1: Yep. Uh, speaking of travel again, I would yes. like to ask you one, one more question before we wrap this up. Uh, it is, uh, if money and time and uh, was not an issue, uh, and you could leave tomorrow to some foreign country or other location, which one would it be and why?
0: <gasps> oh. There's so many places I want to see. I love France. Obviously, I'm going back there, so that's a that's kind of obvious. Uh, I have not yet. So the landscape photographer part of me is perishing to visit Iceland and Norway. Norway in part for the, for the images, for the landscape images, but also because I'm a quarter Norwegian and I've never been to Norway. And I have photographs of the Norwegian side of my family coming to this country in the 1800s. And there's a connection there that I've not, you know, kind of responded to in this lifetime yet, which I want to. Um, I want to see Prague. Prague. I want I've never been to Austria I mean Europe I, I'm fascinated with Europe I don't for whatever reason mm-hmm. um, outside of the Europe the, the European world um, of course I want to go back to New Zealand of course and um, okay yeah, I don't know,
1: yeah. It's okay. I mean, I asked for one. You gave me three or four. That's
0: <laughs> Did I give you? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm an overachiever. I just want things. I want so many things.
1: <laughs> I, I know it's difficult when people ask me the same question. Uh, it's. Uh, I would say New Zealand, of course. I would say Iceland. Um, yep. For the and I would probably Vietnam and Cambodia for the the culture, the history, the people, and the landscape. Yes. Definitely. So yep. it's, uh, like I could not just say one.
0: Yeah, I it's always... hard because there's different, like, I like this for that and that for this. And
1: yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think we are at the end of our uh, schedule time. Okay. So I would like to thank you again for for being with us today. It's uh, It's been great. It's always great chatting to you. Lots of uh, thought-provoking uh, Uh, topics to be discussed is there anything else you would like to add before we say goodbye
0: um no just thank you very much oh there is one thing you know if people are are intrigued by this whole we talked about finding your voice Mm -hmm. and people are always asking me you know well what is that about how do you do that and how would you start i wrote an (laughs) Mm ebook. if people want to explore that it's very inexpensive and it is also on my website in the store Um, We'll put again, put the link to that in the show notes, but it's called 10 Steps to Finding Your Voice. It's just pretty basic and um, but has some very specific uh, as a photographer, some very specific ways you can go about exploring this whole notion for yourself and creating some different kinds of results. Awesome. So, thanks again. And, uh, You're welcome. All, Thank you,
1: Ugo. All the best for your next trips. And uh, let's hope we, we get to meet together, to get together again, some, somewhere in the world.
0: Sometime. I think we're going to do it. I just feel it in my bones. Great.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I you trust, take care. I trust your bones. Take care. Yeah. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> all right. You take care, and I'll talk to you soon.